So I want to share with you a message called How to Receive the Blessings of God. And in this uh, week, I want to talk about what are you imaging? What are you imagining? What are you putting in your mind? What are you focusing on? Because, you know, to bring something to pass, you have to see the future. You have to see what's going to happen and believe that God has already given it to you in the present, though you don't see it. So your mind, your imagination has to take over and create something so that it can happen just as you believe. Come on, talk to me. <laughs> I think I'm speaking by the Holy Ghost right now. Amen? Because we, we use imaginations to create things. Don't you get up in the morning and you say, well, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You create it in your mind and then you go and you fulfill it. It's like a builder says, I'm going to build a building, and this is the way it's going to be. He sketches it all out. He gets a plan. He imagines it, and then he goes out and does it. So we have to take the Word of God, see what God has said to us, imagine how it's going to happen, and then see it come to pass. This is, you say, well, I don't imagine. I don't, I don't image very much. Oh, yeah, you do. You do. You do. You do. You do. Sometimes for good, sometimes for bad. Some people imagine fear. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Isn't that what Job said? The thing that I have feared has come upon me. Well, what are you imagining? Are you imagining that you're going to be successful no matter what happens? All things work together for the good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Are you imagining anxiety or worry or anger? You know, you can just create anger in yourself. Instead of having the peace of God, you know, the last couple of days I've been really just concentrating on the Lord, and I found a great peace come upon me. I just said, man, this is nice. Nice just to flow, baby, flow. I was playing basketball the other day, and everything was peaceful because I imagine I created a basketball court where people get along, where people don't shove and kick and push and cuss because I... I <laughs> I correct them. I said, don't do that. Do I need to bring some soap to wash your mouth out with? <laughs> now, this has taken years, but it's the image that I have, and I project it onto them. This church is an image of what God has put in my heart to, uh, to, to portray a church that loves God, loves to come together, feels safe, wants His presence, enjoy His fellowship, and receive His promises. What else do you want? Amen? <laughs> I'm asking you, what are you imaging? What's your house look like? What's your job look like? What's your uh, relationships look like? Are you imaging? Are you creating an image where God can manifest Himself as what He has put in your heart to have? And how rewarding and fulfilling that is if you take the Spirit of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, the attributes of God, and project it into the family. Isn't it, it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So that's what um, I'm going to talk about today. What are you imaging? And so uh, just I want to share with you a little bit of my little journey. Like I said before, it's kind of being transparent because, you know, I like to be like a cat. You know, a cat, when they get injured, they go away. You don't see them. They heal themselves, and they come back and go, I'm okay. Uh -huh. yeah. You know? 
a dog will be limping around. <laughs> I like to be a cat. I went away, I prayed, I came back, let me tell you what I did. But in this case, I'm exposed. Everything I'm going through, week by week, you see it. Sometimes I'm tired, sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I need help, sometimes I don't, you know? Sometimes I get a good report, sometimes I don't. But I keep pressing on towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So just last Tuesday, I was working with Pat and her volunteers, and I was out of it. You know what I mean, out of it? I mean, I was ready to pack it up. Uh, you ever been, to illustrate it, you ever been at the beach, and you're tired, it's a long day, the sun's beating down on you, and you want to pack it up, okay? Pull up the umbrella, uh, empty out the ice chest, shake off the, the towels, let's go home. That's the way I felt. I go, I'm not, I, I'm not moving. My body, what's going on? I, I'm going to pack it up. Get out the insurance policy. <laughs> Get my books in order, right? Get all my church reports. I'm coming home, Lord. Edith, this is the big one. Here I come. <laughs> is it Edith or is it Elizabeth? Elizabeth. Okay. That's the way I felt. So I'm laying down, and Pat's got her volunteers, and they're just looking at me like, this is the pastor, huh? <laughs> I said, turn, turn, Matthew chapter 9, please. You guys can turn there. Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 through 29. And we're going to read, I'm going to have somebody read it. Uh, if we can have it up on the screen there. Go ahead. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be done unto you. Okay, now that's a very simple three passages, isn't it? I mean, you could miss a lot just in those three passages, if you're just running through reading the Bible. But Pastor Charlie was teaching the men, we need to meditate in the Bible, let it permeate our hearts, try to find out what the Holy Spirit is saying to us so that it can minister to us, so that we can make it uh, active and applicable to our life. Amen? Amen? So I'm laying there, half dead. No pun intended, I felt that way. And they're reading this story, and I started meditating in it. You want to go on a little journey with us, and let's meditate on this and see what the Lord has for you? Okay, let's go uh, to the next slide. No, uh, okay, well, that's, we didn't finish that. And their eyes were open, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, see that you tell no one. Keep going. Okay, here, here, okay. Let's go to 927, okay. This is it. Now, it says here, Jesus departed from there. Two blind men followed him. Do you see anything ridiculous about that? <laughs> Jesus, where are you, Jesus? Two of them. 
bumping into each other. Oh, excuse me. Are you Jesus? No. Okay, where is he? Now, I often wonder, don't you often wonder how Jesus walked? I mean, did he walk like, you know, determined or was he like what they, mom, my mom used to say, lollygagging? Your mom ever tell you that? Come straight home from school. Don't lollygag around. You know, lollygagging. <laughs> Jesus is making a beeline to a house, and the blind men are trying to catch him. What do you think the odds that they're going to catch him? Slim and none. It kind of reminds me of when I'm shopping with Mary Ann, and she's shopping for children's church things. And she makes a beeline through Walmart, and I'm way behind. She says, come on, stay with me. I go, I can't. You're going too fast. So the blind men are crying out and saying, son of David, have mercy on us. Is that what they're saying? Now, Jesus, when blind Bartimaeus cried out like that, Jesus stopped. Here... He doesn't stop. The blind men are saying, did he hear us? He had to have hear us. He went right by us. Yes. Go to the next slide. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. Now, how did they find the house? Well, if you study a little bit, you'll find out that it was Peter's house in Capernaum. And these blind men said, I know where he's going. He's going to Peter's house. That's where he hangs out. Let's go. And they did what? The blind men entered into the house without knocking, without invitation. Said, we're, we're here. We want to. Remember we were crying out to you? Remember, did you hear that? You know? <laughs> Son of David. See, Son of David was a messianic uh, a foretelling of what Jesus was going to be. He was the Messiah. He was the Savior. He was the Redeemer. He said that he would recover sight to the blind. The blind guy said, we're blind. That's us. Let's go get him. Now, Jesus' fame is all over the world. Why are there only two people that are trying to follow him? Jesus is in the world right now. You need help. Are you the only one seeking him? Or are you just letting him go by? These blind men were determined. We're going to find him. So the blind man came to him, and Jesus said to him, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They looked at each other. Yeah, of course. That's why we're here. Now, why did Jesus not stop? Why did he catch him, let him come to the house? Think about it a minute. We're meditating. <laughs> they, he wanted them to use their faith. He didn't want them to make an open display of it, because if he healed them in front of everybody, everybody's going to come running in. He's not going to be able to give the message, the teaching message of the kingdom of God. All they want is the healing. So that's why he, he hurried to the house and waited. <laughs> Hi, boys. <laughs> you found me. <laughs> do you think I'm able to do this? And they said, yay, Lord. My question to you, do you think he's able to do this? Yay, Lord. Right? <laughs> And so he said, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. Now, here's a little side note. There's times when you go to a service where the Holy Spirit is ministering and everybody gets healed. You've been there? It just seems like everybody gets healed. 
There are other times when you're believing God, the Holy Spirit's not there. You have to exercise your faith to allow the Spirit of the Lord to minister to you in healing. You know, so it's kind of hit, hit or miss when you go to a service. Is the Holy Spirit going to minister, or am I out of luck? But for one thing for sure is, according to your faith, will always work. And these guys said, we're not waiting for the main service, Jesus. We're coming to your house. And Jesus said, let me see you exercise your faith. You think I'm able to do this? They said, yay, Lord. He touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. Can I put it in a different way? According to your imaging of what I can do, let it be done unto you. They had to believe that not what they are, but what they will be, healed. We, we can't look at what we are. A lot of times we look at what people have told us, what we've experienced, what we've been going through for the last 10 or 15 years, and we get stuck and locked in there. God says, I want you to branch out and look and see what I have called you to be. It's breaking out of the mold. These guys were old men, or they were men, blind for a long time. They could have said, you know what, I guess it's the Lord's will. I'm supposed to be blind. I'm supposed to be stuck. I'm supposed to be in this prison. No, they said, we got a redeemer. So how does that re relate to me and you? So I'm laying there upstairs. I got these four guys, you know, looking at me. <laughs> and I, I read that and I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Go back to that next uh, 928. Uh, 927. So what do these blind men do? They cried out out. Was it a wah, wah cry? It was a cry from the heart. It was, a, it was a proclamation. They cried out, son of Jesus, son of David. This is the first time that that was been used for, to refer to Jesus. These guys studied the Bible. I don't know how they did it. They didn't have Braille in those days, but they knew that son of David was come. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus is my Savior. He's my Lord. He's my Redeemer. He's the one that gave himself for me. I can cry out too, Jesus, have mercy on me. And he did. Quick as a wink, all of a sudden my strength came to me. I pop up. I'm going, what happened? That spirit of death just left me. What kind of spirit's on you? What, are you... Are you Drudging around and oh no, I don't know. No, we have to, you know, come out of that. And all of a sudden, I get rejuvenated. I go out and play some basketball. I went from death's door to heaven's gate, and I just, why? I imagined what God was going to do. So I want to ask you, what are you imagining? What are you letting God put into your heart? Praise God. Who I just preached about three pages of notes, so anyway, <laughs> let me catch up here. What are you imaging? Imaging, your imagination, is a very important part of your believing God. Imagination is basically a concept. If you can believe something, you can make it come to pass. Remember in Genesis when the Tower of Babel was going to be built? Jesus came down and said, or the Lord came down and says, whatever they imagine to do, they'll do it. He said, I had to disrupt their languages. Whatever you imagine, whatever God has put in your heart to do, you can do it. You can make it happen. So you have to allow 
things to happen in your life as God has put it into your heart. Now, let me give you an illustration of this. When I was, uh, uh, before I met the lovely and beautiful Marianne, I worked for Johnson & Johnson and Baby Products. And uh, there was a Fortune 500 company, and I was uh, getting transferred from another company, Miles Laboratories, and I was the hot shot. Okay, this guy can sell. He's good. He can talk. You know, he knows stuff. Praise the Lord. Amen? <laughs> Gina's looking at her husband. That's you, honey. <laughs> so they're going to have this big contest where everybody in the whole nation comes to Chicago they're going to have a national convention, and they're going to film everybody in their presentations, their sales presentations, and there's going to be awards for certain categories. And one of the categories that hit my eye was uh, most entertaining or productive or uh, imaginative or creative, most creative. I said, piece of cake. I got it. I <laughs> That's me. I could do it. So they gave me all the instructions. They said, whatever you do, when you come to Chicago, be on time. Don't be late. They don't like it if you're late. I go, here's the ticket. How can I be late? What, could, what possibly could go wrong? I imagine in my mind, I am going to win that contest. I kept saying it to myself over and over and over again. I was creating it in my mind. So we get to the airport, and I'm with my buddy, and I walk into the airport, and there's people lined up on the walls with backpacks and sleeping bags. I'm going, what's going on? They go, oh, it's, it's snowed in Chicago, and nobody's getting into Chicago unless you have a ticket. I got a ticket. Praise the Lord. So we're in, getting ready to board, and there were some cute little girls there, and I thought I'd work out my sales routine a little bit and uh, <laughs> talk to them, you know. Do my, do my shtick, you know? And uh, so I'm having a good time talking and everything, and my buddy boards the airplane. And I go, I got to go. And I went, and they closed the door on me. I said, what? They said, we called you. You didn't answer. I go, ah. And a fear came upon me. <laughs> I said, I am not going to make it. And it's like the Holy Spirit came upon me. He said, just go down and exchange your ticket for another flight. Just be calm. Everything's going to be okay. So I just went down and said, okay, Lord, I'm doing what you say. I don't know how it's going to happen. Pass all these people with all the sleeping bags and everything. And so I, I, I get to the counter, and I go, I need to get to Chicago tonight. I don't care how I get there. I don't care if I go through New Mexico. If I don't have to, Montana, I got to get there. I said, okay. He goes, oh, my gosh. A ticket just opened up. I said, praise the Lord. <laughs> I can't believe it. So I got on the plane, started up there, but I was late, a little bit late. But you know what? The Lord covered me on that. So we get to the presentation time. And uh, like I said, I got this in my mind. I'm going to win this thing, no matter what. So I did a presentation called All the Way. Johnson & Johnson has a lot of baby products, right? They got baby oil, baby powder, baby lotion, sunscreen, all this kind of stuff. I said, and what the retailers would do, they would only highlight one thing, like baby powder or baby lotion. And I said, why don't you just go all the way with everything? And my illustration was, you don't do things 
halfway in anything you do, right? You don't buy a picture. You don't buy half a picture. Why would you buy half a promotion? Make the whole display Johnson & Johnson. Oh, good. I said, when you buy a hat, you don't buy a half a hat. You buy the whole hat. Buy the whole promotion. When you buy a book, help me. <laughs> you don't buy half a book. You buy the whole book, right? Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder where you are. No more? What, half a book? I said, ladies and gentlemen, what you need to do, and I went through my demonstration, and they said, okay, thank you very much, and they had it filmed. So at night, they're going to award the winner, and so I'm there very confident, very confident. And they said, the winner for the most creative is Chuck Canazero. I said, mm, 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 mm. I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad. So one of the senior advisors who wasn't even working for the company said, son, come here. I go, yes. He goes, you did not win that contest. What? He goes, yes, they voted somebody else that had this display where he had goldfish and he was fishing out baby oil, baby products, and they liked his better. But he said, I like you. I like the way you were helping the salespeople, the new guys. I like your spirit. I like what you were doing. So I didn't go to lunch when they went to lunch, and I reviewed your presentation, and I saw that you were consistent throughout the whole presentation, and he wasn't. So I got him back together again, and I said, this guy needs and deserves to win. So it wasn't you, little man. <laughs> oh, I can't get no credit nowhere, all right? <laughs> I had a little help from my friends because I let the Spirit of the Lord work through me. Amen? I wasn't resting on my own laurels, but I rested and believed that I was imaging what God wanted me to have, and He, He made it come to pass. Praise God. So I went home, and I go, that was amazing. I said, I wonder where I got that idea all the way. Where, where did I get that idea from? I don't know, God. So I put on my music, and Andre Crouch, I don't know, if Richard, you heard this song, All the Way by Andre Crouch? All the way, all the way. I go, the Lord was impressing upon me to do a message called All the Way. Well, who am I? I'm, not, I'm just a puppet here. <laughs> I just believe God gave me the message. He gave me help. He, he impressed upon the people, the, the person to give me the, the, the award. So what can I say? To God be the glory. Great things he has done. So let me end with a few things here. You cannot consistently act contrary 
to the image that you have of yourself on the inside. Did you, did you get that? You can't go past what you believe that God has called you to do. You can't, believe, you can't go past what you believe that the Lord has given you. you. So you have to believe that and let him bring it to pass. My mom used to say to me, you can do anything you put your mind to. How many of your parents used to tell you that? Now we change it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But she used to say that to me year after year after year until I finally believed it. Okay, all right, I, I, I'll believe it. So whatever I put my mind to and my heart to, with the help of the Lord, we can see it come to pass. Praise God. We were in a community center for how long, Pastor Charlie? 13 years. About 13 years, but who's counting? I never gave up. I never knew how it was going to happen, but here we are. So sometimes you just can't. In fact, most successful people say the key to being successful is just don't give up. Just keep believing God. So everyone has an imagination. Uh, you have to get an image, a picture of who you are in Christ. Do you feel like you have that picture? Or do you need some, you need some work? Do you need some developing in that picture? Because the, they used to say, if you could do anything in the world, what would you do? If money was no object, and the fact that you would be successful, what would you do? And so if you're doing that, praise God. So what you are like, what your true personality is what God has given you, and he wants to let it flourish, let it develop, and you have to let the Word of God create that picture on the inside of you. For instance, I don't know if we have that up here yet, about Jesus multiplying the loaves and fishes. It should be at the end. Oh, you know what? I missed. Uh, let's, let's go back to that one right there, Rosie. Yeah, Mark 5.19. Because, see, the Lord is what? Full of compassion. That's one thing you can count on. That's why I could cry out, have mercy on me, Lord. Have mercy on my emotions. Have mercy on the situations that I'm facing. Lord, I need your help. And Jesus said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. We have faith. We believe God's word, but also we have to have faith to believe that he is compassionate, that he knows our weaknesses, he knows what we're going through, and he's able to be, make up the difference for us. And why do we know that in the next scripture, Rosie? It says, this is the name of the Lord. Remember, uh, God, Moses said to God, I want to see your face. I want to know you. I want to know all about you. And God said to Moses, it's too much for you to take, Moses, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. I'll let my backside pass before you, and I'll proclaim the name of the Lord. And here's, the here's what God said he is. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, all-powerful, almighty, all able to, 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 you know, fire up mountains. No, he said, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful. First word, I'm, he's merciful. Do you need his mercy? He said, I, I got it. I'm full of it. Just, just punch me a little bit. My mercy will come out. Merciful and gracious, long-suffering, and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for how long? For thousands, 
Are you in the thousands? Yes. Forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. We serve a God of compassion. How many of you need compassion today? How many of you say, look, I've run out with my own strength. I did my best presentation. I gave it my best, my all. I need some help. And let's see this next scripture. It's not there. Okay, let me explain it to you, and we'll get ready for communion. When Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fishes, the Bible says, what did he do before? We have some scholars, Tony. What did, he, what did Jesus do before he multiplied the loaves of the fishes? He thanked it and did what? He blessed it and looked up. He looked up. Was the bread in heaven? No. What was he doing? Imaging. Imagining. I got 50. I got, I got 100 uh, groups of 50. That's 5,000. I'm, I'm looking up. Okay, Lord, I need 5,000 loaves and fishes. And then he blessed it and broke it. Jesus did it. We need to do it. Just like I was sitting in my, my house, Lord, this guy with the... I need to go over there and... <laughs> I said, Lord, I lift up my eyes. Give me the vision of what we want what you want me to do. And this guy did a great job. I mean, he cleaned it out completely, far better than I could even imagine. Because why? I had the image of him doing it. Create an image in your heart and in your mind and watch God go to work. Praise God. Amen. Let's pray.